For UT Tyler Radio, I'm Mike Landis. On September 1st, 2023, more than 770 new state laws go into effect. They deal with the issues ranging from street racing to school safety to prohibiting race-based hair discrimination in Texas workplaces. Here to discuss the tsunami of new Texas laws going into effect is UT Tyler political science professor, Dr. Ken Wink. Welcome. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Even though I know you want to touch on all 770 new laws, (laughs) let's just touch on a few. In the wake of the Uvalde school shootings, there was a statewide call for the legislature to respond. And after haggling for most of the session on how to implement a property tax cut, it finally came up with House Bill 3, school safety. What is it and what's it supposed to accomplish? Sure, Michael. As you pointed out, after Uvalde, there were calls to uh, do things to improve school safety, and the legislature did respond. There were a number of new laws and uh, modifications of existing laws. And what House Bill 3 does, it really does quite a lot. It provides uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $300 million from the state uh, to the school districts over the next two years to increase physical security infrastructure on campus, and also to try to make sure that the school districts have plans in place for active shooters and other kinds of emergencies like that. Have have there been programs that have helped uh, bolster that or that you're aware of? In other words, did they have an existing program to draw from, or are they having to make this up as they go along? No, they did. They did have plans, but I think um, in light of the Uvalde shooting, as you can imagine, and uh, uh, the Parkland shooting was another thing that they looked at over in Florida, uh, they decided to try to beef things up with the state coming uh with up with some additional funding as well as some additional mandates uh, for the school districts. So it's, most, it's mostly a modification of existing law. One of those 770 laws requires an armed officer at every school in the state. With local law enforcement trying desperately to recruit and retain officers, that would seem to be a challenge. Right. And I think, Mike, most of the things in House Bill 3 are not that controversial, really. But I think the armed, uh, having someone, a mandate, this is a mandate from the state that the school districts must have at least one armed security personnel on every campus in the school district. So that is uh, an unusual mandate. You can sort of understand the thinking behind that. But of course, that's the most controversial part of House Bill 3. A number of groups have maintained for years that taking God out of the classroom has been a mistake, while church and state separatists say it should stay out. That makes the passage of Senate Bill 763 particularly interesting. That's the school chaplain bill. What is it, and how does it work? Right. The school chaplain bill is a modification of existing law, which... um to, to make it as easily understandable as possible. So we know that uh, school districts are allowed to have mental health professionals, counselors, uh, behavioral health specialists, and so forth on staff uh, at campuses. This is new. This puts chaplains in that uh, category. And I think the thinking behind those who are in favor of the bill, Mike, is that uh, with with mental health being a uh, an issue uh, these days that seems to be getting worse in the post-COVID era, uh, that that may help in the school shooting situation uh, by giving uh, students who uh, might need someone to listen to them, 
another another person. And I guess the idea being that someone uh, with a chaplain's background would have a unique perspective on the spiritual aspect uh, of things and be able to uh, interact with students in a positive way. Has there been a pushback from the community that is separatists of church and state? Most definitely. Um, the, uh, the ACLU and Americans United for Church and State have already written every school district in the state of Texas as to why they should not do this. And by the way, let me point out, too, this is not a mandate by the state. It's, the, it's an allowance of school districts to hire chaplains should they choose to do that. And I think they have between now and maybe March the 1st or March the 15th of next year to make a decision, yes or no, we will not. You can accept volunteer chaplains or you can actually pay them. Uh, But either way, as you can imagine, there are some constitutional issues raised by that. Uh, Those who are opposed see it as a definite attempt to get religion in the public schools uh, where where it should not be. And they have some pretty good precedents to stand on. In general, I will say this, that the Supreme Court over the last several decades has not really been concerned about college-age students and their ability to decide to practice religion or not practice religion. But they have, for really most of the 20th century, been very concerned about elementary schools and high school-age students. being pressured, I suppose, to engage in religious activity that they would not want to engage in otherwise. So it's that coercive factor that is part part of the issue for the church-state separationists. What's the uh, overall health of Texas politics these days? We're a red state, no reason to believe we won't be for the foreseeable future. What about the two sides finding ways to work together? Well, you know, there has been a tradition of that in Texas. Um, Conservative Democrats have been able to work with Republicans for a long, long time. There's a long history of that. But you can't help but wonder, as the nation becomes more polarized, it is probably the case that Texas has become more polarized, too. Let me throw you one curveball before we leave. Sure, you always do. I I always try. (laughs) It keeps you on your toes. That's right. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, for just just briefly, any thoughts on the uh, impeachment trial of the Attorney General? I've not been really covering that very much. I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, probably not going to go well. I, I don't see a lot of prominent— what do, what do you mean by that exactly? Not not well for the Attorney General. Uh, I think that you don't you do not see prominent Republicans really— coming to his defense, and that is sort of a tipping of the hand about what is likely to happen. Now, I've seen ads, of course, uh, by the attorney general in in defense of himself, but you don't see a lot of vocal, uh, high-ranking Republicans who appear to be ready to come to the rescue. Any final thoughts you'd like to share? Well, I I think we've covered it. I'm sure there'll be other issues that will come up. Uh, certainly on the national stage, we see things happening now as we get ready for the 2024 elections. But I uh, think uh, all that long, hard work by the legislature for several months is done. And so we'll hope that we uh, that Texas does well over the next couple of years. Our guest has been UT Tyler political science professor Dr. Ken Wink. To hear this interview again or to share it, go to kvut.org. I'm Mike Landis for UT Tyler Radio.